glad it's not just head knowledge. All right? It's a heart transformed by the spirit of the living God who initiates the work of Christ. And so here we are in this context now of this action that's being taken place by this individual who doesn't fit the part is worthy of asking questions. And so the religious leader said, hey, we got to find out what this person is doing. We have an expectation of the Messiah. We have an idea from the prophets of the Messiah coming. But what we're seeing here, we have to investigate. And so in John chapter 1, verse 25 to 28, it begins. And it says, uh, they asked him, then why are you baptizing? If you are neither the Christ, you're neither the Christ, nor Elijah, that's one of the prophets, nor the prophet. John answered them, I baptize with water. But among you stands one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. Let that sink in for a little bit. He says, these things took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray that you give us a revelation. Open our eyes to see what you're doing. We honor, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many who have been baptized remember that day? Yeah, oh, man, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. Um, my experience with church, and I've shared with some of you who've been here for a while, that I was one of the privileged individuals that I wasn't indoctrinated with church. I had no idea of what church was. I wasn't, I wasn't brought up in the church. And so when people would ask me, um, where do you go to church? I told them it was in a high school. I didn't have the concept of a, of a, of a sanctuary. I didn't have any of those particular uh, experiences. So I was naive, and I just did what was told. I was, I was, I was literally just following what was being told to me. And so when I got saved at camp, um, and again, I told you, uh, when I got saved, the pastor walked up and grabbed me and brought me to the altar. And I'm like, what are you doing? And I got on my knees and I got saved. And then the next thing they told me was, hey, there's more. I said, there's more? They're like, yeah, what's next? They're like, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm like, what do you mean? Speaking in tongues. I'm like, all right, bring it on. And so at youth camp, they prayed over me, and all of a sudden, it was word was coming in my head, and I thought it sounded crazy, and these words were coming through my mouth, and I just opened my mouth, and just by faith, I just, I just started to speak. Just, just, just spoke was in my head. I thought it was, thought it was I was like, okay, is this, is this me? Is it the Holy Spirit? I didn't have time to debate that. I just started to speak. And so my roommates at camp, when, when I... Uh, got back to my room. I kept turning the lights on. I was like, guys, man, what an experience is happening. I, got, I get back to church, and, and then they told us. They says, well, um, because you're new in the faith and because your mom is not saved, we need to appoint a spiritual mom to you that's going to walk you through what just happened at camp. I said, okay. And so I invited my mom to church, and I said, mom, this is what happened to me. I, I gave my heart to the Lord, and, 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 um, and they said, I need someone to disciple me, and 
And I said, they gave me my spiritual mom, and, and, and she went and, and talked to my mom and, and was just helping me to grow in this process. Then they said, get baptized. I said, okay. The point I'm trying to make is this, is that the Bible clearly explains how we grow in Christ. And all that's required of you is just to believe. That's it. We make it so complicated. And a lot of times God has to, has to remove some of those barriers of, of experiences that you have that hold you back from just simply believing God's word as God's word. So this morning, all that you are doing by getting baptized is simply saying, this is what's next. This is what's next, what's asking me. And so here it is now that we look at John. And so, and so John the Baptist, he's baptizing because in the dispensation of God, in the revelation of God, in the redemptive plan of God for humanity, this is what's next. And so John captures this because John wants us to understand it's really just about believing. That's it. So in your life, where does God have you? Because this is what's happening. The Holy Spirit's working on you, and all the Holy Spirit is saying is, let's take the next step. Don't let the enemy get you all the way over to some future where you get anxiety. Don't let him keep you all the way in the past where you feel guilt. Just take the next step. And so here we see now that what's being revealed to us is this individual called John the Baptist, and he's baptizing people, and, and they ask him, they say, well, if you're not the Messiah, the Christos, if, you, if you're not the one that was prophesied by Isaiah and Jeremiah and Daniel, if you're not the one, then what are you doing baptizing people? And so here John the Baptist now always points to Jesus. He always points to Jesus. Because, you see, water baptism, it's simply, it's always about Jesus. The current crisis in your life and the things happening in the world, the greatest preacher don't preach about those things. The greatest preacher preaches about Christ. Because you have to filter world events through Christ. Are you with me, somebody? Because if you don't filter it through Christ, you're going to get anxiety and not going to do what's next. And so part of what we have to look at here is this. I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. And so as we, as we look at this and unpack it, the first thing I want to explain to you then is this, is water baptism. What, what is it then? If it's the next step and if John the Baptist is baptized and he says there's one who's coming, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So, so what am I supposed to do? And here it is. If somebody says to you, why should I come to witness your baptism? Or if someone asks you, why did you get baptized? Here is an answer. It's really, really just the next step. And, and here's what I wrote as I, as I thought about that. You see, water baptism is a sacrament or an ordinance of the church clearly thought, uh, excuse me, clearly uh, is, is instructed in the scriptures. It's clearly outlined in the scriptures where the individual is not sprinkled with water, but submerged under water as a declaration of faith and surrender to Christ and his lordship. That's what it is. It's not sprinkled. It's not I get some water and I just sprinkle it. No, that's not what it is. The word baptism is the Greek word, which means to emerge. It means to, to fully go under. 
That's what it means. And so as we take a look at this, it should then become the norm in a church. Why? Because the Holy Spirit daily is telling people to take the next step. And if we're not prepared for people's next step, they're going to stay stuck. Oh, come on, church. I need a mature believer to clap their hands on that because some people are not believing because we haven't made available the next step. And so it should be a norm to come in and see people baptized in water. It means the Holy Spirit is at work in the earth. And I know about you, but we need the Holy Spirit to work in America. Come on, somebody. You can vote for whoever you want to vote for, but I'm looking at Jesus. Come on. And I want the Holy Spirit to do a work in this nation because if the Holy Spirit's at work, he will pick the right person. Come on, somebody. Just solve the political divide right there. So, so, here, so here's the deal. So water baptism is also symbolic of identifying with what we just celebrated about a month ago, which was what? Easter. We celebrated Easter. What was Easter about or the resurrection as we call it? It's about the death, Good Friday, the burial, and what? The resurrection. So the next step then is to identify with what Jesus did on the cross. So baptism is vital because not only is the sacrament or ordinance of the church that is taught in the scriptures, it is also symbolic of the very thing that caused us to be able to be back in right fellowship with God. Do you know what it took for God to redeem us back to himself? That when we sinned, we gave the devil legal access to us? That God couldn't violate his word? That the enemy says, how are you going to redeem mankind because you, God, can't break your word? What's your next step? Oh, oh come on. <laughs> What's your next step, God? I already played my hands. What are you going to do? God says, listen, devil. I was already slain before the foundation of the earth. Come on. Before I breathed the breath into man, I already had redemptive plan in my heart. I already had it. I already had the plan. I already had the next step, devil. And so when you played your hand, you just allowed me to reveal my plan. Whenever the enemy comes against you, it is an opportunity, come on, for God to show you his plan. When the enemy reveals his hand. And that's the whole thing about the death, burial, and resurrection. Because here it is now, that when we witness that, the death, burial, and resurrection, baptism is symbolic of that, that you're identifying with the most important thing that got you to be redeemed, that got you from the Grips of the enemy where he had to take his hands off. Why? Because the blood of Jesus Christ, God is the only one that can forgive sin. And man is the only one that has to die for sin. And so the word, God became flesh, man. So therefore, when Christ died, he paid the price legally for mankind. But he also did it definitively. Come on, up in heaven not to break his word. I wish I had one person who understands the redemptive plan of God. What God did to win your heart. So you can do what? Take your next. Take your next step. It is also an outward sign of an inward spiritual reality that the believer has already experienced by faith in Christ. It's an outward sign. It is a public thing. It is not to be ashamed. 
It is for everyone to know this is my next step in my journey of being who God's called me to be. It is to tell a loved one if you're married, it's to tell your spouse, this is my next step. If you're a child, tell your parent, this is my next step. The Holy Spirit's working on me, and this is my next step. And so I invite you to publicly witness this outward expression of an inward reality. I'm not the same person that I used to be last night. Come on. <laughs> because when I get baptized, I'm coming up. I'm coming up new. I'm coming this new life. And I want you to understand there's a spiritual reality that's taking place in my life. And so my past is washed away. And my present looks great and my future is secure. That's for somebody right there. Someone needs to know that's your next step is stepping you into a place of security. Oh, come on. Come on. It's a place of security. It's a place of security. It's, it, it's saying this, that I don't, it doesn't bother me who witnessed this. It's actually encouraging me that I have accountability. That I'm giving God glory for the work he's doing in my life. And I want you to see and give God glory. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. This is the reality of a spiritually transformed believer. You see, that's the person I want praying for me. Come on. That's the person I want giving me counsel. I want someone who's not ashamed to outwardly show everybody. Listen, listen Christ is doing a work in my life. And the spiritual reality is this. I've been baptized. I've identified with Christ. And so, therefore, the connection between the Holy Spirit and my spirit is connected again. And so, therefore, I've experienced Christ. And I want to lead you to experience Christ as well. Isn't that a good thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. And here it is. Water baptism is a simple decision. Not easy, but a simple decision. What we have done is we have made the gospel easy and not made the gospel simple. And so in making it easy, we haven't given people accountability, and so they don't treat it as if it's a value because it was easily... But the reason why it's simple is because a five-year-old can confess the lordship of Jesus Christ. And an atheist, come on, who don't believe in God can get a revelation of God and says, yes, there is a God. That's how simple this gospel message really is. Stop making the gospel message easy and have this wide door. The Bible doesn't preach that. The Bible says narrow is the way. And the simple one, come on, steps in. And why? Because they know their next step. They know that it's a simple decision. Let's think about it for a second. I want you to think about it for a second. For those of you who know that confessing Christ, you're going to heaven. You literally confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you are no longer, no longer bound in the grips of the devil. When you die and you die in faith, you're going to heaven. By one simple decision, you change to eternal life now. Not when you get to heaven, you have eternal life. You have it now. Why does the enemy not want, why does the enemy doesn't want you to know you have eternal life now? Because you won't live like that. Because if you realize you have eternal life now, you will live for eternity. And decisions you make will be based on your future to be with God. Come on. And so because of that mindset now, everything you do is based on what Christ wants you to do. 
talk to people all the time. It's a simple decision. It's not complicated. What happened is someone told you it was easy. That's what they told you. Yeah, it's easy. No, it's simple. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. It's simple, but it's not easy. So why is it simple? You might be asking that question. Why is it so simple? It's simple because Jesus was baptized. Why do you want to get baptized? Because Jesus got baptized. That's simple. Not complicated. If I'm supposed to follow Jesus and Jesus was baptized, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to get baptized. <laughs> I mean, you believe for salvation, right? So believe for baptism. It's a piece of cake. Here it is. I only do what Jesus does because he only does what his father does. And so he got baptized. Guess what? I'm going to get baptized. See, I know there's some of you right now that's going to be like, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize it was that simple. I'm going to get baptized. We got stuff for you. Come on. You can't have faith without works, right? Come on. <laughs> Come on. At Walmart today, picking up stuff, man. Say, God, you're going you're gonna to show somebody. Amen. Praise God. See, Jesus was baptized. But here's the deal, though. See, baptism is simple because Jesus was baptized, but it's also, it's also serious and significant. Ready for who? For a disciple of Christ. Because what we're going to see is this. Why did Jesus get baptized? If he had no sin, which he didn't, right? Contrary to what people are telling you, Jesus didn't have sin. Tempted no matter, but without sin. Let's get that correct. Because people want to say, well, if he can sin, then I'm justified in my sinning, right? No, he never sinned. Tempted, but without sin. And so a disciple of Christ recognizes what baptism is. Then, and here's what they're saying. They're saying baptism, and to get baptized, it really means that since Jesus did it, and it was the launch of his ministry at 30 years of age, which is significant in the Hebrew understanding of when you start or you're launched into some sort of office. So Jesus now comes in to fulfill all scripture. He comes in now because the Hebrews will understand at the age 30, they would understand that. We look at the age of maturity here as 18. No, that's not even biblical. That's legal, but not biblical. In the biblical time, it was even 40. When the man who was healed, who was blind, and the religious people asked the parents, and it says, hey, is this your child? The parents said, he's of age. Ask him. He was 40 years old, not 18. He was 40. And so what I'm here to teach you is simply this, is that there are strategic things that happen. And so the next step that you take is a strategic step. Oh, come on. Because Jesus shows up now. John the baptized, he's baptizing. But what we're going to find out is simply this, is that it's significant for our baptism. Why? Because it launches into our assignment as a disciple of Christ. So we're asking God, what's my calling? He's saying, take the next step, be baptized, and I'll reveal your calling to you. This is so good. It's so good. So for some of you today, your next step is a serious step because you're stepping away from critics and from the crowd. For some of you, it's a significant step because you're not going to identify, not just as a Christian because I live in America. I'm a disciple of Christ because he's transformed my life. It's a serious and significant step for a disciple of Christ. And here it is. And although water baptism isn't necessary for salvation, 
It's not that, that and I know there's, there's theological arguments about it, right? Because the only re- how you get saved is faith in Christ alone. That's it. It's what he did. It's what he did. So I want to be clear that you're understanding me that although water baptism isn't necessary for salvation, and the only place where we see this, and we thank God that the gospel writers wrote this about the thief on the cross, and when he looked and he says, hey, remember me in paradise, and he got saved, that blows anything away that people think there's works involved. He did nothing because the moment he did that, he died. So I call that the get in real quick. You know what I mean? If that's how you want to live, then you get in real quick. But I promise you, he didn't impact anybody. As a matter of fact, it was God's mercy because he was a murderer and a criminal, deserving of death. And he recognized the innocence of Jesus. So what was? It was about Jesus. And just recognizing Jesus, even in your last breath. Oh, someone's got to give God praise, man. In your last breath, you live for the world. You live for the devil. You gave your best time for the enemy. You gave your money to an addiction. You gave everything to the enemy. But one breath of the mercy of God, remember me. I remember. Oh, I'm sorry. I got to take a praise break right there. I got to take a praise break right there. Just one word. Remember me, Jesus. I remember you. Oh, my God. Come on, somebody. That's the God we serve in faith alone. Woo. Hallelujah. 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 But here is it. This is what the Lord wants me to share with you. This is the key right here. Although water baptism isn't necessary for salvation, because it's by grace through faith alone, it is, however, a necessary step in order to successfully walk in wholeness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're going to see next week that there's something in John chapter 5 about Jesus healing at the pool of Bethsaida. At the pool where the layman was crippled. He went there. He only healed one person there. And there's something that's interesting about the stirring of the water. And in that, follow me a little bit. Watch this now. This is so, so prophetic what God is doing. Because God wants to heal the body of Christ. He does. He wants to heal the body of Christ. I'm not just talking about your salvation, your sozo. He actually wants to heal every part of you. He wants you to walk in wholeness. And we're walking around in chronic issues where Jesus said, let me heal you. That's how powerful this salvation is. That your spirit is saved upon confession, Jesus Christ is Lord. But he's saying, let me heal you. And that's the challenge for a lot of people because when we get into healing, it is such a controversial thing when it really doesn't need to be. When we understand the healing of Jesus, we'll understand how significant water really is. And as I was looking at it throughout the scripture, I was saying, God, what are you saying? And he says, Ro, tell the church, tell the church that the necessary step of baptism is in order for them to successfully walk in wholeness. Why? Because we go back to our text and John says that someone is coming who is going to baptize you with what? With the spirit. He's going to baptize you with the spirit. So if you look on John chapter 
1, verse 29 to 34, he explains now what I just taught you. He says, let me explain what this really means. And so in 1 John 29 and 34, it says this now. The next day, he saw, he saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, who does what? Takes away the what? Not sins, the what? Ooh, takes away unbelief. The original sin. Oh, God. He says, behold the Lamb of God, which takes away what? The unbelief of the world. John's gospel is a gospel of belief. And what the enemy did was cause them not to believe God's word. And so here he's saying, now behold the Lamb of God who comes to take away what? The sin of the world. Every behavior, every behavior that's against God is because of unbelief. You really don't believe God's word, so therefore you just do what you want to do. And he's saying the Lamb of God came in order for that, to take that away. And this is, this is he of whom I said, after me comes the man who ranks before me because he was what? Before me. I myself, verse 31, did not know him, but for this purpose I came, baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. So John was saying, what I was doing was continually doing something so that the one who comes, not just to baptize you with water, but to baptize you in the spirit, so he would come. What if John quit? And stop baptizing people. Come on. The next step couldn't have been taken. Oh. So John is faithful. He's baptizing. And he's saying there's one that is coming. We know this because even after John had an expectation, John the Baptist had an expectation of who Jesus was. And because he wasn't overthrowing the Romans and he wasn't doing those things, John's locked up. And John's like, are you the one or not? I gave my life. And what did Jesus tell his disciples? Tell John that the lame is walking, the blind is seeing. Come on, tell John that these things are happening. John, don't quit. It's the next step. Don't quit. Don't quit. The Spirit of God is here. Don't quit. I'm here to tell you this morning that we must understand that when we take the next step, we allow the Spirit of the living God to do its work. Don't quit. You're that important. That's for somebody here this morning. You're that important. That's your next step does what? It wasn't a waste. Your next step reveals the glory of God. Your next step reveals the glory of God. When you step out of something that's holding you in bondage, you, you declare that you serve the bondage breaker. When you step out of something that's holding you down, you declare that God has all power. When you take the next step, you reveal the glory of God, that God is the active and at work in the nations, in the earth, in my life. If God is working in your life, that's your cue to give him praise and glory. If you have taken the next step, give him glory, give him honor, give him praise. He's worthy of it. He's worthy of it. He's worthy of it. He's worthy of it. And so, so here is it, as we get ready to baptize, it's a great place to park it because, because we first have to explain it before we can actually expand it. Before we can have more people getting baptized, we have to first be able to explain to people. We have to be able to tell people, um, you know, uh, uh, this is what water baptism is. 
And so as we, as I just explained it for you, this is where I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to be right here. It says, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, verse 33, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, that is he who baptized, what? With the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and I have borne witness that this is the Son of God. So getting baptized, what you are declaring is that the Holy Spirit is at work in my life. That the Holy Spirit is at work in my life. And although it does not necessarily impart salvation, what it does, it empowers me with the Spirit to walk in wholeness. That's so powerful. That's so powerful. That's so powerful. So powerful. Hallelujah. Are you ready?